Welcome to this Time to Lead podcast where leaders come together to grow and get better. My name is Fred and I'm your host and your mental growth coach and I'm so ready to make a difference in the lives of our listeners. We believe that before you can lead others, you must first lead yourself. So on this podcast, we focus on self-leadership. My name is Fred Fitzgiles and I'm your host and today's topic is leading through a crisis. I've been doing a series on it uh, for the last, uh, for the first, second and third episodes. Uh, if you have not got a chance to go see that, definitely go back and take a listen to those. But today I'm super excited because my special guest, I'm actually honored to be able to have her on the show today. I met her online as, as part of a, a networking event and she is from Canada. Yes, it's old Canada, absolutely. She goes by the name of Carol Davies. Let me read to you her bio so I can introduce her to our listeners. Carol Davies is a, is a success strategist coach at Passion Motivator Coaching. She helps busy, stressed entrepreneurs discover where they really want to be in life, then find out what excites and motivates them to change and grow with her notable Spiral Success Program Investing and Revitalize Achievement in Your Life program. Among other techniques, Carol uses a mixture of holistic modalities such as life coaching, NLP, EFT, emotional freedom technique with her clients. If your mindset isn't right, your life doesn't work. You need to find your passion, Carol believes. Carol's favorite models are just do it and live your best life now. In 2007, Carol returned to Canada after a successful 22-year career with the United Nations in New York and Geneva. She founded her own coaching business to help clients needing help in life and career transitions, finding their true life purpose and stress management. And with that impressive bio, I want to introduce to some and present to others my friend, Carol Davies. Welcome to this Time to Leave podcast. Hey, Carol. Hi there, Fred. Thank you so much. That was a absolutely uh, wonderful welcome for me. And I'm so excited to finally get the chance to talk with you because we've sort of been looking at doing this for a while. And today is the day and I'm excited. I'm excited as well. And I want to give a big shout out to Canada. Hey, Canada, everybody in Canada. <laughs> Yay. Carol, yes, yes, yes. Home of the Toronto Raptors. We just talked about that. And you said they're the best team, right? They certainly are. Because <laughs> basketball is really big in Canada, yes. you know, as well as hockey and baseball. But the yes. Raptors are really something else. Absolutely. Shout out to the Toronto Raptors if you guys are listening in. Carol, just give us a little background. Tell us where you're from. Okay. I'm from uh, London, Ontario, which is near Toronto in Canada. Okay. And it's situated on Lake Ontario. And it's almost directly above Buffalo. Mm. If uh, a lot of, you know, if you have American listeners, they'll know where that is. Yep. And it's... Uh, very very beautiful area of Canada and we have lots of uh, agriculture around but we have you know big cities and lots of great things going on and where I'm living it's about a hundred miles west of Toronto so it's easy to get there it's about a two-hour drive okay. where you can take the train and, you know, if you want a bit more of the big city lights. But where I live, it's a medium-sized Canadian city, and it's really, really nice. 
Well, that's good. So are you, are you part of a big family? Um, actually, small. Small I have family. A, I have a twin sister. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, and she's also a coach. Okay. And we were the only children that our, our parents have, but we come from a very large extended family. Mm-hmm. I have probably 33 first cousins wow. because my, my grandmother had a family of 10 mm. where my mother came from and they of course married and had children. And so it's, it's, it's a pretty big um, extended family and it, most of them are still in, in the area around like within 30 minutes to an hour of, of London, Ontario. Wow. That's great. Who was your biggest inspiration uh, when you were coming up? When growing up, I would say it was my father. Mm, he myself. was just a splendid man. He was uh, very loving, um, not judgmental. He he helped a lot of people always. He was very, very um, devout in his church, you know, mm. served um, on different ministries and things like that. Mm. And he just taught me the passion of doing my best and being of service to people because mm. that's what he was. And I think that's been a real foundation for me because I've always done a lot of you know, volunteer work and worked with um, different people when they needed um, maybe say a little bit of extra help or encouragement. And yes. that's what keeps me going. That's great. That is really, really good. So what is your, um, your, your work background? Well, I, became um, sort of involved in communications. I started out as a telephone operator. Oh, wow. When I was going through college, that's, I would work um, summers and then weekends, you know, to make some money to put myself through. Yes. And then I went through university and I majored in a couple of languages, mm-hmm. but I really didn't want to be a teacher. So mm-hmm. then uh, I was very fortunate uh, a library school opened up in the city where I went to school mm-hmm. and I studied and I became a professional librarian wow. and information specialist. So then I worked at a couple of really interesting jobs in Canada for my first jobs. And then I went down to New York after a big city, huh? Oh yeah. And <laughs> I found that was like, the city of my dreams. And I was, is that right? <laughs> I worked there for a big uh, international consulting firm, nice. you know, doing information work. And then I was so fortunate to get into the United Nations. And I spent, oh, oh about 10 years there. And wow. then I spent about uh, 12, 13 years over in Geneva in wow. both their big libraries. Mm. And oh, I can't tell you, it was just. How was that experience? In Geneva. Yep. Well, when, it was funny because when I was a young child, I read a very famous book, uh, Heidi, mm-hmm. which I'm sure a lot of people have heard about. And it was set in Switzerland. And I always said to myself, I want to live and work in Switzerland. Wow. And later on, uh, you know, I got that chance because I got a transfer to the um, big library the UN has in Geneva there. And wow. I, I lived my dream. Wow. That's, it's interesting because not a lot of people get a chance to actually, you know, have the vision. 
um, that you know have a desire to li- live or work somewhere, and you continue to work until it manifested, and you actually got a chance to live your dream. That is absolutely phenomenal. What were the three things that you learned mostly from that experience? Well, I learned that I am a very um, creative and, um, how can I put it, focused person because I always knew, I really enjoyed working very much in New York, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't quite enough and I thought, I know there's more for me. Mm -hmm. So I put my mind to getting over there and I said, I know I can do it. So I know if I put my mind to things. Yes. They will come to pass. It may not come in the time I want, mm-hmm. but it will happen. And the other thing was I found I had a talent for being very adaptable because going to live over in Geneva was quite a culture shock. Yes. Because, it, of course, it's, it's Europe and everything, but mm-hmm. everything's so totally different. Everything. And most in that part of Switzerland, they speak French. Mm. There's some English, but I had a bit of French. So I had to adapt to a new culture, a new language, new ways of doing things. And I found I enjoyed it. And the mm. other thing was I just was able to enjoy my love of traveling because mm. being there, you're almost in the center of Europe and you can take a train, a bus, uh, airplane and be in another country in a matter of one or two hours. Wow. Wow. It was just such a a blessing to be Mm. able to, you know, do that when I had Mm. the uh, opportunity and I so enjoyed that. So that is, that's incredible. Not a lot of people get a chance to be able to, to go that far, you know, especially out of the country and then be able to work in something uh, that, you know, that is, gives you such a great experience. I bet you learn differently. I guess that culture shock that you talked about. What were one of the what were one of the things that shocked you the most about the difference between Canada, uh, New York, and over there in Geneva? Well, I think being over there, it was the acceptance of um, so many different cultures being normal. Mm. Whereas in Canada, it's a little bit like that, but especially in New York and, you know, America, it is less, less normal. Sure, you know? sure. Yeah. And see, the United Nations had, when I was there, about 196 member countries. Wow. So you had people from every country in Everywhere. the world working in New York. Mm. or Geneva or that you know they have other yeah. offices around the world and I mean it came to be normal to associate with people and their cultural differences yeah and learn learn to find a way to find common ground because yep. we all had to you know work together yeah and, and so all the different cultures working together different mindsets different colors uh, cultures and things of that nature so it's like you still had to work for a common cause to get the job done, right? Yes, you did. And, wow. you know, here in like North America, Canada, or the U.S., there's a certain way of working and a mindset, you know, like, well, you know, we'll get it done now and yeah. it's like, go, go, go. And right. Not, not valuing people quite as mm-hmm. much, but mm-hmm. from many other parts of the world, the way that they work and the mindset is so different mm-hmm. that 
one has to learn to adapt because the Canadian and American way of working just isn't quite the no. way that um, you could use to be successful. Sure, and sure. Because you needed to let people be who they were, work the way that they were used to in a way, and mm. yet everyone find a way to get that, say, uh, project done or, you know, whatever it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it is, it's totally different. So did you, did you learn things that you brought back to, to uh, Canada that, you know, from, from that experience that you utilize and you apply to your life today? Being as well, you were working around that, that big, I, you know, such a culture people. I would say so, because when I came back, I wanted to work with people who were maybe having difficulties in either their work life or their personal life, mm-hmm. meeting, um, change and transition because I had gone through that because when I moved from Canada down to New York for the first couple of years, I had a huge culture shock there. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't think so because, you know, we speak the same language, we have a lot of same culture, whatever, but there was things like people would, when I'd speak to them on the phone, they'd say, oh, you're from Canada because there's certain ways that Canadians speak that has a bit of an accent or use certain words and they say, Oh, you mean, for example, I used the word pop, and that in the New York area was a soda. Soda, or, yeah, soda or pop. Or someone said, would you, like, would you like a sack, meaning a paper bag? Right. And we, we just called them bag, and there's all sorts of other things, too. Wow. So I thought, I can't believe, like, I just thought I'd come down. <laughs> and it was just going to be seamless, but it wasn't. And that what that was easy compared to going over right. to Geneva when it was just totally, totally mm. different. And wow. I learned that I could take my time. I could find out what I needed to learn to adapt yeah. and that it was possible. And I wanted to take that mindset back to Canada. And mm. with the clients that I started working with, show them that, well, I had done it and, you know, I had lots and lots of stories of other people had done it. And it's not necessarily easy, but if you have a plan and if you get to know what you really want, which is sort of what I call finding your passion, then that is the first step to getting your life going in a good way. And and to help you to deal, uh, having that kind of, um, that, that that kind of experience also helps you to deal with a crisis as well, right? Yes. And, and so that's what there did. was a lot of crises over yeah. there. Um, I'll, I'll tell you one that really was profound, which affects, you know, America and, and the whole world was when we had the um, terrible time when the twin towers. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. Cause I was, I was working in Geneva at that point mm. and I s- had my computer screen onto CNN and I saw the towers go down Wow! and I had a lot of friends and family um, over in, you know, the New York area and other people and members from some of the groups that I worked with were over there at that time. Right. And we didn't know what had happened. And, that was such a profound shock and change. It definitely affected me. And I, I thought, you know what? We've got to take the time now to really know what we want out of life and live each day 
to the very best Yes, because um, the world changed in that moment. Yeah. And what we're going through now is yes. something similar because yes. it's changed our whole way of living right now. Yeah. And we can't let that get us down mm -hmm. because our lives are so important. And I think what we're doing now is learning we have to be there for ourselves, but also for other people yes. to support each other. Yes, And yes. that to me is what crises bring out. They show you what is essential in life for happiness and you know what you need to do is also not just take but to give back yeah absolutely and in, in my mastermind class uh, the other day i was with i was on with john and he talked about leading through a crisis and he defined it as a as a crisis as an intense time of difficulty uh that requires um you to make a decision that may be a turning point in your life uh so i thought that was really profound um, during this time when COVID first hit, um, what was the turning point that, that happened for you and how, how did it affect you and your business? Well, I suddenly found that it wasn't possible to meet with people one-on-one um, -on -one, face to face mm -hmm. anymore because we were all requested mostly to stay home not you know go out generally and and mix so what it's um caused me to do is rethink my business and i'm they, they call it pivoting i'm yeah. taking my practice now to go online and i did you know still meet with um clients through online video conferencing like zoom and other yeah. things but it's not quite the same but now i'm going and I'm writing a couple of um, online courses that I'm going to be well, that's um, great. putting out later this year or in, you know, early next year. Yes. And it's also got me um, doing some writing and I'm going to be putting out some um, eBooks and things like that. Oh, so nice. I've taken sort of more like just talking with, and now it's everything that's inside of me is ready to, come out to in different forms that hopefully will help other people. Yes, so that's yes. what it's done for me. Absolutely. And um, you sound like, I mean, I always know every time I go online, I see a post from you. Uh, I see how people engage with you. You are very, you have, you have strong, um, strong empathy. You have a strong sense of community. You have a heart. Um, how important is it for to, 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 to have a heart and have that kind of that gift of compassion uh, for entrepreneurs? It is hugely important. The, the first important thing is to have compassion for yourself, mm -hmm. to make sure that you're living your life, you know, in a good way, authentically. And then that gives you the strength to feel connected and grounded. And then you can take your strengths and talents out to other people to find out what do they need? How can you help them? Mm -hmm. And entrepreneurs, um, they're all different. There's many different kinds of, you know, businesses and whatever, but the essential thing to realize is that there's enough out there for everybody. And to me, 
it's not competing anymore. It's finding ways of doing, um, you know, like joint ventures or, yeah. okay, in, in my business, I have this talent or strength, but maybe is there something I can help you with or yeah. get a project going? So it's sort of um, really just collaborating. That yeah. to me is one big area that I, I see starting to develop. And I think it's really wonderful. Absolutely. Now, also during a crisis, sometimes we, we get a lot of distractions. And I know um, sometimes we can get to the point where we feel like we, we, we're, we're so busy, but nothing's really getting done. Or we, or we get distracted by mind wandering and thinking about what could happen instead of focusing on what is happening or negative thinking or fear. Um, when, 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 when people get distracted, they kind of lose sight of reality, right? Yes. How, how, how do you deal with, you know, being able to bring yourself centered when, you know, that voice tries to come, you know, into your head, letting you know that maybe you're not doing something or comparing yourself? How do you deal with that and, and actually get back on track? Well, I, I found them early on, you know, when this crisis um, came up that I was spending a lot of time getting distracted by television and following all the the negative news and yeah. you know the, the the statistics and starting to feel like oh my gosh then i said i have to detach from that so what i do now is i have just a minimum amount every day if i tune into the news or you know see what's going on so i put my focus on positive things like reading things to uplift my spirit or writing things that I can put out maybe to help other people, you know, lift their mindset. And also I've always been a very strong optimist and very positive in what I think and do. And if I find my thoughts getting negative, I, I say to myself, stop it right now. Mm -hmm. And I then say, uh, thank you. And I think of two or three things that I'm so grateful for in my life at that moment. It could be my health. It could be, you know, having friends and family, yes. um, a roof over my head. And, and then I think, you know, like everything else around the world, I am just so blessed to be able to be in a position to maybe give some help and uh, guidance to people. And I get you know, a lot of support from other people too. And that's how I try to keep myself being positive and forward looking and not going back and thinking about the past. Absolutely. And I think that's really, really important um, because, you know, I know for me, I kind of do the same thing. I try to be, keep myself to the point where I'm limiting myself on the things that are not serving me or are not in alignment with what it is that I need to do. And if it, and it's and it's tough because Netflix can pull you in a little bit. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> it can pull you. I think it's designed to do that, you know. And it's like it's tough. Uh, but you know, I have my moments. But one thing I I have done for myself and my wife, we we try to do this. Like it's like we 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 actually don't turn it on until we get we can we can check off our day and kind of score ourselves, you know, one through ten, uh, and and kind of map out our day and then. The, the 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 tv would be a reward if we 
got us eight or nine or better. If we got anything less, then it's off limits. And it's kind of helped us to kind of discipline ourselves and kind of pull ourselves together to kind of keep the main thing the main thing. Because like you said, distractions are always there. But what, what, are, what are three, three, three practical things that, that you do to avoid distraction in a crisis? Well, one thing I do is like each evening, um, like if this is like before a work day, I sit down and I make a list of uh, four or five important essential things that I want to do the next day. Mm -hmm. And then I write them down. And then when the, the next day comes, I start out with those. And I've usually rated them as, you know, like, it's not always one, two, three, because sometimes it's better to start with four or five. So I, I get, the, <laughs> True. <laughs> get those things done, you know, if That's possible. Good. Things yes. always come up. And then the other thing is I look to see um, for my health. Um, I make sure that I am eating healthy food and, mm -hmm. and getting out and getting some basic exercise, mostly just, you know, these days doing walking and, you know, getting lots of fresh air. Yes. And then the other thing is I stay in touch with friends, either yes. through the telephone or sometimes I have a couple of quick Zoom calls just to keep me focused on things outside of myself, but that are important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I always say that, you know, the only, the, 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 the best leaders are the ones that can lead themselves. And that's very, very important. A lot of times think, people think leadership is about bossing people around or managing people, but it's truly having a heart for people to want to connect with them. And like you said, have common ground and, you know, to be able to, you know, show that you care about others and value others. And, but you got to start by valuing yourself and by you, you know, putting these things in place taking care of yourself, then you are, you said you kind of setting the example of, of people. So when you do uh, help folks out with their mindset, you can basically speak from a point of this is what I do for me. So this is why I can be able to help you. Right. Absolutely. And yeah. I have to say that I'm very fortunate too in having a very uh, close relationship with my twin sister. Oh, we, we actually, um, you know, live in the same house. So, we have a lot Are of you twin twins. Like, I, yes. like we can't really like if she came on, I'd probably be like with somebody else. I'd be like, Carol, she says, no, it's not Carol. <laughs> what's what's her name? We're pretty close. We're identical twins, wow. but we look a little, you know, slightly different. Slightly. Of course, okay. <laughs> because over, over the years you do, but yes. um, I have to count her as one of the, the strongest blessings in my life. That's that. Now, now, why do you say that? She is like, you know how they say you, you have another uh, twin soul in the world? Yes. She she is that for me because she has always been my best friend, the person who understands me. And sometimes when I get down, and everyone does, then yes. she's always there to say, look, you know, you, you did all this or, you know, things will turn themselves around. Yes. And um, just being there. And I just cannot imagine not having that mm. wonderful um, connection and um, support. That so, so I really am blessed. That is so beautiful. And, I, and let's, yes, you are a blessing. You are a blessing to others. Uh, I, I would say thousands and I would say millions of others that are listening right now. 
And you have been a blessing to me because you've been encouraging me online as well. And I appreciate, I'm so honored to be able to uh, kind of speak to you today. Um, so what, let me just add, I want to close on this. Um, what advice if someone who's like struggling with their mindset and struggling with their purpose or self-esteem, would you, could you be able to give to them? Well, the most important thing is try not to struggle on your own. Um, talk to um, a friend, um, talk to family, someone let people know what's going on with you to see if maybe they can help in some way. Don't try and solve everything on your own. And it, it's good too, you know, if you have a church to consult maybe your uh, minister or pastor or, or friends, you know, who are spiritually close to you. Don't do it on your own because the key to self-love is letting others in and not keeping others out i think that is powerful you heard it first from carol davies my friend a success strategist coach at passion motivator coaching carol this has been such an, a phenomenal phenomenal interview i thank you so much from the bottom of my heart and i thank you well thank you fred for the honor and privilege of being on your show it's been wonderful thank Absolutely. you and old Canada. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but Carol, really quick, how can people, uh, if someone, someone wants to get, get, get some information about you, uh, you have a website, how can people get a hold of you? Yes, uh, if you uh, go to my website, it is www.thepassionmotivator.com. And on there I have a, um, Thing that you can fill out to get in touch with me or you could go to my um, Facebook page and I'm on there as Carol Davies and um, that could be a couple of ways absolutely that sounds good Carol Davies has been from Canada to New York all around the world to Switzerland and on back here back to Canada and she got a chance to be on the show and we just thank you and you are tuning into the it's time to lead podcast where leaders come together to grow and get better thank you carol you have a blessed blessed day thank you so much well thank you and you have a blessed day as well